You got the call. Welcome to the Big Leagues, kid. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. This is our last off-season episode before we finally get back to our regularly scheduled programming and in-season content. Really exciting stuff. We are so pumped. Before we get started and introduce the panel here, just a reminder, we are partnered with Underdog Fantasy. So if you use code TRIPLE at checkout, we will double your first deposit up to $100. So if you deposit $100, you get $100. Deposit $50, you get $50, and so on. Make sure you guys check out Underdog Fantasy and use code TRIPLE. Vinny and Mike both in the house tonight as we have a fun final episode of the offseason planned for you guys. Mike, how are you feeling today? Uh, doing pretty good. Like I was telling you before we got started, you know, it was, it's been a grind this draft season for me. I actually got sick for the first time in several years at, towards the end of it and uh, just kind of getting better right now. Uh, really excited for the season to get started. Mm-hmm. Really looking forward to looking into prospects more and just having my mind focused more on that. And, you know, excited for all the, all the great guests we're going to have and the great season upcoming for, for all of us. It's going to be fantastic. I'm really excited. Only half as excited as Vinny, though. Vinny's always the one bringing the energy, bringing the fire here. Vinny, how's it going? Doing good. We're counting down, you know, ETA, a little over two more weeks until AAA baseball starts back up. So we, it's right here. It's right around the corner. We have, you know, opening day right around the same time, too. You know, it's, it's baseball season again. Mm-hmm. It's time to focus on baseball. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the WBC going on the, right now as we're recording U.S. going against Japan for the championship. So it's really exciting. It's kind of giving us that beginning taste of baseball. And we're hoping we can kind of be the entree with this episode to the main course that is the season. And what exactly do I mean by that? Well, we're today trying to figure out who's next. Who is the next blank? It could be the cover boy, Spencer Strider. Who could be the next Stephen Kwan? Who could be the next Bobby Witt? All these impact rookies that really helped you win fantasy championships last year, changed your entire fantasy team. And a lot of times these players came at gigantic discounts because whether people weren't sure if they were going to be impacting you next or during the season or people were down on them overall as just a prospect, all these players helped contribute for you in a big way. So we want to be on top of this and identify who those next players are. And we'll kick off the first one here with who the next George Kirby is. And Vinny, there were a couple guys you were deciding between, but you chose Gavin Williams of the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, my original pick for this was Gavin Stone, but I last-minute audible to Gavin Williams. Gavin Williams, you know, not as big as of a, a college that he attended before coming to baseball with Eastern Carolina, but a solidifiable front end starter, you know, three plus pit, uh, 
four plus pitches, arguably. Uh, very good control, you know, SP two upside. Like if we're thinking <clears throat> just by that kind of projection, like he screams, you know, maybe the next George Kirby. Like if we look at his uh, stats this year in uh, high A and double A, we're looking at a 12 K nine, you know, a 84.8% left on base percentage, a 37.7% ground ball rate. I think his fastball is going to be better than George Kirby's, but if you can't ask for anything better than the Cleveland guardians organization, a starting pitcher, a right-handed starting pitcher, you know, they've shown success before, you know, Shane Bieber, Cal control borderline Aaron Savali, like mm-hmm. the, it's the writings on the wall and let's just chase. You want to chase success. So I would say Gavin Williams next year's George Kirby. I love the call. Um, again, my prospect knowledge is only about maybe a third or a quarter of what your guys is. And I'm very familiar with Gavin Williams. He's, I think one of the next big things coming, uh, he's shown excellent control, has a lot of good stuff. Obviously the organization that you've talked about, Vinny, uh, the Guardians showing just they how they developed pitching. And I think people have been focused on Daniel Espino. And he's kind of maybe not for everybody, but maybe slipped under the cracks a little bit here. And I love the call. I, I think he's not going to be flashy if he's going to come up and be a baller. So I love getting the show started here with Gavin Williams as the next George Kirby. What about the next O'Neill Cruz? Uh, a player that could pop on the scene here with his athleticism, how hard he hits the ball, his speed. We're talking like a freak. And uh, Mike, last same last name, uh, somewhat, and somebody that's also just physically just imposing uh, when he's out there. Yeah, absolutely. This isn't really a, a huge surprise. You know, we've actually made this comp before. I've seen others do it as well, but it's very accurate in my opinion. He's got the size. He's got the hit tool concerns. He's got the massive power and speed. He's a you know six foot five guy who's stick stuck at shortstop and he's basically got everything that we see that we like in O'Neill Cruz and everything we don't like in O'Neill Cruz. It's the same type of player. And I would even go as far as saying Ellie De La Cruz might even have a little bit more upside than O'Neill Cruz, which is crazy to say too, because he hits the ball as hard as anyone, but this is like a very rare type of player, just like O'Neill Cruz. You know, it's, it's still unknown whether or not he's going to transform into that monster that he could, but if the hit tool ever gets to a level where it's just not a concern, just like with Emmanuel Cruz and Ellie De La Cruz, they're going to be perennial first round picks in fantasy. And even the players that they are right now with their concerns, they have so much power, speed, and just flashiness to the game. They'll be early round picks too, even with their flaws. So I just think this is a perfect comp and anyone who's into O'Neill Cruz should be into Ellie De La Cruz even more probably. You think now with making this call, he finished the year at double A. Do you have a prediction for how long do you think before he's in the majors? Are you looking for a guy like in the second half of the season? Or do you think he's risen up so quickly? And, and I believe we, just from us talking on the show, he was one of the biggest changes in prospect rankings from last year or from two years ago to last year. Do you see him making another big jump to where he could impact the, the major league level for a good chunk of the season? Yeah, I mean, I I did look at the fact that O'Neill Cruz didn't start in the majors last year. You know, he came up, I forget when, but, you know, a little bit before midseason. And I could see a similar type of time frame for Ellie De La Cruz. 
and similar type of production. O'Neill Cruz didn't have a big season last year. He showed flashes, you know, but his overall stat line wasn't anything to write home about. And, and honestly, that's the kind of uh, season I see coming from Ellie De La Cruz. If he gets up into the majors, I don't see it being a, a J rod or Bobby Witt type of breakout immediately. I see him getting a few home runs, getting a few steals and, and people will be going into next season dreaming on the improvements he's made, you know, and he'll be an early round pick the, the, the next year, just like O'Neill Cruz is now. But uh, yeah, I mean, long story short, O'Neill Cruz as, as a special skill set, Ellie De La Cruz is one of the rare people that has a similar skill set. So I just can't find a better comp in the minor leagues right now. Yeah, he's awesome. He's going to be fantastic when he does get to the Cincinnati Reds, and I'm very excited for him. Uh, so a player that's very popular now in the fantasy sports community, and he's even been done some podcasts. Uh, hard not to like Vinny Pasquantino. Vinny, the next Vinny Pasquantino is... Kyle Manzardo. Now, some people would say it's Matt Mervis. Some would even stretch and say it's Tristan Casas. But if we look at what Kyle Manzardo has done, it's no question about it. Like Kyle Manzardo may be the best first base prospect we've seen in 15 years. Like he does everything very well. He hits for power. He hits for average. He's solid at first base. His arm is good. Like the only knock against him is that he's slow and he can't run. But we don't need first baseman stealing bags. We just need a solid everyday MLB you know, producer offensively. And that's what you're getting with Manzardo. Manzardo's ceiling, I he's if we're talking redraft next year, if he comes up, which there's a good chance he breaks camp this year with the Rays, his spring training has been flawless. Like he's the type of like first baseman three off the board. If we're talking redraft come next year, if he comes up and actually, you know, shows out like he has in the minors. Like his ceiling is phenomenal i would put him over tristan casas if we're ranking the first baseman prospects Mm -hmm. i would have him over casas i would have him over mervis like all the signs are there the organization loves him there's all there's a need for him like they believe in him they're willing to be aggressive and push him like all the signs point up for kyle manzardo being vinnie pasquantino and again also finishing at the double a level last year and um just looking at first base right now for the rays it's yandy diaz uh who hits the ball on the ground a ton and i i I forgot if he's under contract for a few years or not i have to look at his contract on uh spot track but um that's not like they have a stud locked in at first base where he can't come in there and command at bats harold ramirez dh'ing uh there's there's pass to him to if he's producing uh for him to be able to get every day at bats at at some position there so uh, i I like the kyle manzardo call and someone that you can expect to impact the team in a big way this season uh this next player everybody knows about at this point if you play fantasy baseball and i think that's kind of foreshadowing for our next comparison here mike yeah uh you know first i should start by saying you know, I don't expect all of these players to actually reach this the potential of these players we're comparing them to because this was a pretty historic rookie class. But I chose as the next J-Rod as Jordan Walker. 
and I've liked him obviously for a long time going back, but there's just so many similarities. He had a really productive season in double a at age 20. He has underrated speed. He's got an underrated hit tool compared to where his scouting grades were. He's got big raw power and we're, I mean, we're kind of seeing it all play out in spring training, the similar, same sort of path we were seeing mm-hmm. with J-Rod. They, they started talking about he's going to break camp and then his ADP started skyrocketing and, there's just so many similarities to the situation. And I'm not sure if the Cardinals are going to start him early in the year, but the Mariners didn't start the season with J-Rod either, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Or we actually actually they did. He struggled to start the year. But mm-hmm. uh I expect Jordan Walker, if he doesn't start with the team, to to be up early and be a, a regular. And I'm not sure what his season will end up looking like, but he's the closest thing we have to J-Rod. I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes an everyday player and puts up a 2020 type season as a rookie. I, I just think he's a really, really, really good player. I personally, I've never said this out loud until right now, but I rank him ahead of Gunnar Henderson on prospect lists. I've mm. always had Corbin Carroll number one, but Jordan Walker is my number two. And I feel very comfortable with that. I think that's going to be seen as the the common view down the road. So uh, the next J-Rod from this class is Jordan Walker. I'm 100% with you on this one. I don't know, like you said, it's kind of been said from a few others as well. His ADP, I believe, like when draft season started, he was going like outside the top 300, or if, if anything, he was going still like just inside it. Now, main event ADP over the last week that we're recording. Can you guys guess where he's going? Uh, I guess around 130. Vinny, do you have a guess? I'm going to say... Uh, 185 he is going 122 so mike you were very close uh that's how much people are all in on jordan walker that adp is skyrocketed like you said mike i think people see this potential type of breakout in him you if i'm not mistaken he was the untouchable in the juan soto deal when the nationals were trying to trade the cardinals so like the fact that you could get the, the talent caliber the caliber of talent is Juan Soto and you wouldn't have anybody up to be traded that just shows you how high the Cardinals thought of Jordan Walker um and I think it's starting to show why so I I love Jordan Walker I don't have any of him in drafts yet and I'm very upset about that he always goes earlier than I think he's gonna go um but he's someone I'm very excited about so I like the call there the next player Vinny is near and dear to my heart because the player you're comparing him to is my favorite breakout pick for this year. And he also is a very nasty lefty, uh, just like the player we're talking about here. So who is your next Nick Lodolo? This one was close. It was between, uh, I picked Ricky Tideman, but Kyle Harrison's right there with him too Mm -hmm. in contention, but I had to go Ricky Tideman. You're looking at a third round pick from a small school with three plus pitches plus control. The kid's a beast. We've seen what he's done so far this spring training. This is his first actual spring training up with the Blue Jays as an on-roster invite. And we've he's already put on a show. He destroyed the minor leagues last year. Just the amount of K's that I think he could rack up at the next level, I think mm-hmm. is a little underrated like his k9 through this year was a 13 but it would not shock me because if his fastball is sitting at 99 now i think we're looking at a 15 k9 16 k9 type of talent like we're talking 
if his ceiling was a SP two when his fastball was 95, Mm -hmm. there's a potential he could be the ace for the blue Jays for the next five, six years. And if we're looking, if we're going to compare him more to Lodolo, he's in a way better situation than Lodolo is right now. Mm -hmm. Like the reds are an absolute dumpster fire when it comes to talent on that team, besides, you know, a few names. Tideman will be walking into a contender the second he gets up there. And he's probably going to see if he comes up this year, he probably will see postseason baseball. Like if similar to Manzardo, all of the signs are pointing up for him. And I want, I want in on Tideman before it's absolutely insane to get any pieces of him. Yeah. I mean, he, I think was one of those players we were seeing flashes of when he was pitching in spring training and we could see just how nasty he is and that he could be the ace of the staff in a couple of years, just with how great he looks, uh, the way he hides the ball, uh, obviously the velocity, him coming across his body, everything. There's so much to like about him. And uh, he, I think he's the next big thing that to the common fantasy baseball fan isn't a hundred percent familiar yet. Um, I think I've seen a lot more pitching prospects names float around more than his. And I think if he hadn't gotten hurt, his name would, would continue to be making waves and he'd be shooting up draft boards. Um, so this might be the last chance you can get in on him before everybody knows who he is. So I, he's somebody that is very interesting. I'll be interested to watch uh, how he develops and, you know, just how quickly the blue Jays call him up and him to impact this season. Mike, Stephen Kwan, burst on the scene last year and not only came up to where he was setting records with before he swung and missed at a pitch, but he became one of the best contact hitters in the game, a very valuable fantasy baseball asset. And there could be a Stephen Kwan part two with this outfielder. Yes. I actually feel like I'm kind of in Vinny's territory here because he's been so high on him, hyping him up for a while, but, uh, you know, I, I decided to go with Sal Freilich as the uh, Stephen Kwan for this year. I really like this kid. Vinny's mentioned all of it before. He's probably the best, got the best hit tool in the minor leagues. He He's one of those guys who barely strikes out. He's going to be an impact leadoff hitter. You know, the one knock on him might be there's a little, he's a little light, light on power. I don't think he's going to be a big 20 home run type of guy, but I think he's got more speed than Stephen Kwan. I, I think he's in a better hitter's park when he gets up there. And this is a guy that I think is a legitimate chance to win the rookie of the year, just like Stephen Kwan was in the mix last year. And he's someone that I see being in the contention for batting titles just throughout his entire career. I just don't think he's ever going to be someone that's going to be not able to make good contact. I, I basically, how do I put this? He's he's he, I see the hype going on with him, but he's not he doesn't have the superstar like uh, allure to him. Mm-hmm. But this is just one of those guys that's going to be a massive part of winning teams. When he comes up, he's going to have a huge average. Like like I was talking about a couple episodes about just like Yoshida being projected for a 300 average. Like this is going to be one of those guys that's up there with Luis Urias and stuff that impacts how you draft and what you can do with your batting average and stuff. So I just think Sal Freelich is someone that you should try to target aggressively in any league that uses batting average. And 
I think he's going to come up this year and be an impact player, just like Stephen Kwan was last year. Yeah, the, the swing and miss in his profile, very low, makes a lot of contact. Brewers also need hitting. He could be atop that lineup and um, score a lot of runs and uh, lots of like with Sal Freelick. And again, very similar profiles to Stephen Kwan. So that's where a good parallel comes in. And I think, again, another name being brought up is uh, Garrett Mitchell. And I think he's another one, Sal Freelick, that's a little bit less talked about, but can also be very impactful in a different way for your team. So Sal Freelick is a good, good name to keep in mind if you have not heard that yet. But you also, again, mentioned that Sal Freelick was a Vinny guy. But Vinny made sure you did not get his number one guy. Oh, yeah. There is not a player that I associate more with somebody than Vinny and Hayden Wisniewski. And Vinny's going on record making his claim that Hayden Wisniewski is going to be the next Spencer Strider. Uh, Vinny, the floor is yours because this is why people are tuning in. It's the thumbnail who the next Spencer Strider is. And this is the guy. Okay. So Hayden Wesneski, you know, if we're talking about most improved stock of, you know, from last July to now, Hayden Wesneski's taken the one spot. He's absolutely dominated the spring training. He has 11 strikeouts in, I think, 13 innings. Like, he's just... His fastball and his his slider are just absolutely nasty. If we're talking comparisons to Spencer Strider, they're both late round, mid round picks. So Spencer was a fifth, Hesnuski was a sixth back in 2019. <clears throat> they both come from two organizations that are very good at developing pitchers, Strider being the Braves, Wisniewski being the Yankees, then traded for by the Cubs. But Wisniewski very similar to Strider, he just strikes people out. Like his K9 this year was uh, 9.11, but he he had a bad start of the season with the Yankees. You know, cold weather, that's always, you know, an X factor in pitching. But if we're talking about everything else, like the ground ball rate, we're looking at a 45, borderline 50% ground ball rate, a 70 when he was up last year, his ground ball rate was at 84.5, or his uh, left on base percentage was at 84.5. Like, if we're talking about someone who can impact a team and take over a rotation, Hayden Wesniewski could be that guy this year for your fantasy team. Like, like I've been preaching this for, I think, almost mm -hmm. six or seven months now, but <laughs> yes, the yes. hype has officially caught up, I think, because now everyone loves Hayden Wesniewski but he's just a special arm that you really do not see that often similar to what Spencer Strider did. I think Strider has a better team behind him though. That would be the only advantage I give Strider right now until we see what Wesniewski does in a full season. But I'm taking the sneaky arm this year that could potentially win me a championship. It is very frustrating. Vinny, you were the first person I saw that talked about him. And yeah, now he's not a secret anymore. And it just, it stinks. You can't get him at the value you did, but his price is still not as high as I think you would think it is. It's on main events over the last week. He's going at 282. Um, you know, right after Noah Syndergaard, right before Sean Mania. Uh, so you're, I mean, he's still in the top 300, but it's not like he's going, you know, the top 150 yeah. pick or something like that. So you can still get plenty of shares of him if you want him. Um, 
And it's just interesting because he was a Yankees prospect that they could use right now. And it's just interesting how that, whether it's they didn't see it or they didn't develop him the right way, that he's going on to this type of potential breakout. So I do, he is your guy. And if he balls out, I will be tweeting all the credit to you. And if he falls flat in his face, I will tell the trolls, I'll tell the trolls to come to you. So DMs are always open. I can love some trash talk. I like it. Um, We got three more guys for you, for you uh, all here. The next Bobby Witt Jr. Mike is a player that was not expected to start the year with the club, but as Vinny reported before the show, it's looking like a 50-50 chance that Anthony Volpe will be the Yankees starting shortstop. Yeah, I uh, full disclosure, this one was probably the toughest for me to pick because, well, there were a couple of options. I also consider Jordan Lawler here, but Volpe, because of his recent emergence as possibly making the opening day roster, the Yankees pretty much have a hole at shortstop. I do, I do think they see him as their long-term shortstop over Peraza and anyone else they have currently going there. So it's really just about how quickly the Yankees want to start the clock. But I mean, as you can see, anyone who's watching on the screen, this guy stole 50 bases last year, coming back off of a breakout season. You know, there's a lot to like here. And, you know, similar to Bobby Witt, you know, like he hit 248 last year, like there, there is some level of hit tool concerns, you know, even though he had an under 20% K rate, this isn't like a, a Sal Freelich type of situation. Like there, there's going to be some strikeouts involved and, you know, and I don't think he's going to steal to the same level that he did in the minor leagues either once in the majors, but, but still, this is a guy who, if you, if he gets the starting job, a 2020 seasons within play. And, you know, that's kind of wh- what we got from Witt last year. He got 2030. Like I said, this was the hardest one. Cause I don't think, I think this is the one that's least likely to hit or reach that milestone. But if Volpe wins that starting job, as I said, he's the closest thing I could find in the minor leagues. Lawler's further away. He's only played a little bit at double A. I actually think I actually do like Lawler over Volpe long term. But in 2023, Volpe has a better chance. So that's my choice for Bobby Witt this season. I've seen a lot of people say that Anthony Volpe could be the rookie of the year. I've seen people say that he had become the best value in drafts in terms of these players that can make an impact. Uh, there's also a popular thread that Ryan Bloomfield puts out every single year that he put out last night that he said, there's been a first round caliber player going in fantasy leagues. I, I believe since like 2016, it's been a while and they go after round 12 and the most popular answer I saw in that thread that has probably close to hundred responses is Anthony Volpe. So uh, it just shows you the type of upside and ceiling that that he has, and um, he could be a huge impact player for you guys this year. I am curious because I've been looking up the main event ADP because that's you know the players that are putting seventeen hundred dollars to draft. As Mike also is going to be in the main event, so I feel like it's also relevant. So this is kind of where you're if you're going to get your guys, you're going to reach a little bit. Anthony Volpe is going at two forty nine. Yeah, so, and I think that I think that goes way up if he's if they announce he's the starter too. So. And just ahead of our guy, Oscar Colas Vinny too. So. Uh, and same with all, same with all those guys. It's similar to like yeah. we saw with, that's where Julio Rodriguez was going before they announced he made the team. So mm-hmm. even if Colas is, if they say Colas is on the team, boom, you know, it's, it's moving up. 
which I'll give a little insider to Colas. They did start putting up banners around guaranteed rate field of Oscar Colas this week. So. Interesting. Breaking news. A little inside scoop there from Vinny Schefter <laughs> on the uh, <laughs> on the, for Oscar Colas. I, I think we would be shocked if he doesn't make the team at this yeah. point. So enjoy the, maybe the little bit of a bargain left while you can. Last, uh, no, actually two, two more hitters. I was going to say last hitter, but no. Um, this is the next Michael Harris, a player that might rise up from, you know, high A, double A, and maybe makes the jump that we didn't anticipate and comes out and just balls out in a bunch of different categories here. This is a name I've, I've seen around for a while and used to be a New York Met. Now he's in the Chicago Cubs organization where Vinny keeps a very close eye on because uh, that's his team. And he's a big Pete Crow Armstrong guy this year. Yeah. Drawing the comparison to Pete Crow Armstrong to Michael Harris, he was like the closest guy I could actually find in the minor leagues besides I could have stretched a little farther and did Zach Veen, but I think I'm I'm more set in on Pete Crow Armstrong. You know, first round talent taken back in 2020 by the Mets. You know, there were some questions around the bat. He quickly put those to rest and then he ended up uh, tearing his, uh, I want to say his labrum and his non-throwing shoulder. You know, missed all of uh, the rest of 2021, came back this year, was very, very good for the Cubs. You know, he took a new approach at the plate, tried to see how much power he actually, he went power over contact. Well, if we're comparing the two, you're looking at gold glove caliber talent for both of them. You're looking at a starting center fielder for both of them. You're also looking at a leader on and off the field, which I think goes a little underrated when it comes to, you know, trying to, uh, like, trying to project a prospect. I think that's a little intangible that I think goes under the radar. But, yeah, if we're talking about the closest talent, I think there is a situation we do see him this year in Chicago. It, it probably will be late. But recently, as of this week, he has been up uh, playing with the AAA minor league team. So that is something to watch because they have been very aggressive with Pete Crow Armstrong already in the 2022 mm -hmm. season by pushing him from Myrtle Beach up to South Bend. But yeah, if we're talking about just a flyer to go on to get, have that kind of upside, Pete Crow Armstrong is the guy. I love it. And he is basically free in draft. So this is one of the few players we've talked about so far that you can grab in the, and towards the end of your drafts and, uh, or maybe just keep an eye on the waiver wire, just see how he's doing. If you know if he doesn't start the year with the team, and uh, if you see he's he's balling out, um, you know, double A or triple A, wherever they start him out at. Um, just remember, Vinny was endorsing him for a big major league type impact, so you can kind of keep an eye on him and, and watch him as he's uh, hopefully up this year with the the Cubs and contributing. The last player we got to obviously get a catcher in here, and Adley Rushman is one of a kind, but there could be somebody that offers also a lot of great production at the catcher position, Mike, and the catcher that you should keep on your radar for the impact at the major league level this year to be the next athlete is. I chose Andy Rodriguez for the pirates. And, you know, like you said, Adley Rushman's kind of a generational type talent, but Andy Rodriguez is one of my favorite players uh, position just aside uh, he showed in spring training, you know, he was like seven for 17. I'm not surprised they got, he got sent down. He hadn't played much in AAA yet. And the pirates still aren't in contention, 
But, you know, Adley didn't start with the team last year either. They slow played him. And basically, when he did come up, he was productive immediately. I, I expect similar type of results from Andy Rodriguez. I don't like the organization or the ballpark as much. But he does have the ability to move around to different positions too. And there's just there's just not a lot of talent on that team. I definitely see him being a core piece for this team, like where, where they're just not going to be willing to trade him. And I could see him being in a prime lineup spot at some point once he's like settled into his things this year. You know, I've mentioned this with like Bo Naylor and other players, but when it's his turn and he becomes a regular player, I think all the smart managers are going to want to get them him on the team. Mm -hmm. And this is just a similar type of profile as Adley. He's got legitimate power. He's got a really good hit tool. He's not going to strike out a lot. He also doesn't have a ton of speed, but he's going to be productive. Like you can see from the stats, there are 92 runs, 95 RBIs, Mm -hmm. you know, 262 ISO, 162 WRC plus, like he's ready to go. I think he could hit major league pitching right now. I think he's got a really big future, even as a dual position player. And I think he's the closest thing we have to Adley Rushman as far as his potential and just overall profile. So that's who I chose for this season's Adley Rushman. Numbers are great. Pirates are devoid of talent, so they have a lot brewing in the minor leagues. And he did play multiple positions. So I know they have Henry Davis there, who looks like he's a little bit farther away from coming up. But the fact that he can move around the diamond a little bit too doesn't hurt and get his bat every day in the lineup. I picked him as my third catcher in um in a dc 50 i did uh just for that upside and if he doesn't start the year with the club i can stash him because i think he is gonna provide a lot when he comes up and um i like the comparison there in terms of what he'll, he'll provide from the catcher position this year uh, that's gonna wrap us up for our who's next again our last show before we actually can talk to you guys about actual stuff going on in the minor leagues in the 2023 season we're so excited if you guys have been enjoying the off-season content and are ready for regular season help and everything we're going to do, please make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. We are only about 40 subs away from 3,000. And if you guys like and share the video, that way we can get this seen by more people. Make sure you guys are following Michael and Vinny on social media. Vinny is at Down on the Farm 8, and Michael is at MP Richards 1981 If you guys want to ask them questions directly, make sure you check them out there and yeah we have a great show format lined up for this season tons of great guests and uh, we're gonna help you win your leagues help you get on top of your dynasty uh your top of your dynasty leagues make trades before your league mates know what hit them Uh, we're ready for everything for you guys so for Vinny, for mike i'm david we'll catch you guys next time on the call